I mean, this thing, what are we doing? I mean, is this normal? Normal? I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I'm happy. Aren't you happy? You're happy? You're not? All we do is argue. That is bullshit. You know, maybe she was just in a bad mood. Yeah, maybe like a, a hormonal thing. PMS? What do you know about PMS? More than you, Tom. Then what happened? This can't come as a total surprise to you. I mean, we've been like Sid and Nancy for months now. Summer. Sid stabbed Nancy. Seven times in the kitchen. I, I mean, we have some disagreements, but I hardly think I'm Sid Vicious. No, I'm Sid. Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome back for another episode of The Rotten Pea. I'm here with three acquaintances of mine. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm realizing that this podcast is degrading our friendship. We went from best <laughs> friends to acquaintances in like a few weeks. <laughs> I feel like it's accurate, though. Like, best friends seemed a little too strong to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. This feels sure. more natural. Yeah, that's definitely that's what and, I was thinking. And especially since we're leaving out uh, our real best friend when we say this, which is Dan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan is for sure all of our best friends. I told Dan that I would name drop him, his his children, in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly episode, and I didn't. And you didn't? Yeah. Oh, well, wow. I'll just I'll name drop so him You'll right do it now. now. Yeah. In just, 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you're not Blake his best Claire friend. And and Evan, you know, all of them. There you go, Dan. And Olive. Shout out to Olive, too. Shout out to Olive the dog. Hopefully it makes it to when this episode airs. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'm not cruel. Oh, that man. dog is just suffering. Well, uh, we managed to back-to-back pick uh, movies that have uh, non-chronological uh, plots. Yeah. So, good job, Zach and Scott. Thanks. You're welcome. Good, the bad, the ugly is looking uh, a lot better right now, isn't it? <laughs> nope. 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 No, I'm, nope. I'm sticking with my nope. rating on that nope. one. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, so we're uh, today we're going to be reviewing 500 Days of Summer, which uh, I'm excited about. Uh, Scott, you and I, I had seen it before, but you mm-hmm. and I watched this together for your first time. When? Uh, oh, years like, ago. Yeah. Yeah, years I ago. About the, yeah, I don't say. I, yeah, you were with me the first time I watched it. Yes, I that's what now. I meant to say. Yeah. I was with you the first time you watched yep. it. Uh, yeah, so uh, why, uh, why, why this movie, Scott? I'm going to be... Just straight honest. I mean, don't get like super into it. We got to do just the facts, but like why? Yeah. To bug Jake. <laughs> he hates Zoe Deschanel. And I, that's why I picked this movie. Big facts right there. <laughs> <laughs> the well, first time I watched this movie, I didn't even really like it all that much, but yeah. I actually enjoyed it more this time. I remember you saying that a mm-hmm. uh, little bit of just the facts about this movie. It was directed by Mark Webb uh, and written by Scott Neustater. Uh, and I actually, I, I feel bad. I had to look them up. Uh, but Mark Webb has done some things. Uh, he, uh, directed the, uh, amazing Spider-Man movies, uh, which is a, a connection to our social network. Uh, mm. uh, we, we reviewed social network, which has, um, um, Andrew, Garfield. His name. Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield. Yep. uh, who starred in those movies. So. And those, that's knows. the title of the movie. You're not actually seeing those movies are amazing. Are you? No 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 no. no, 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 no. It's the name of the movie is The Amazing Spider-Man. The Less Than Amazing Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, The Less Than Amazing Spider-Man. I forgot about him, to be honest, until we talked about it again right now. <laughs> I I got to be honest, though. I think that they're better than the uh, Raimi Spider-Man. That so that's my, that's, uh, that's my hot take. Raimi's they're getting, sure better getting than, the reins They're of for sure Marvel better movie. than Spider-Man 3. Yeah. They're for sure better than Spider-Man 3. Uh, but yeah, I never I saw the second one, but I know a lot of people that think that one's even worse than Spider-Man three. It is. It is worse. Uh, I'm, I, I, I wanted to kind of like spark a fun like dialogue, mm-hmm. but like, I can't keep going. Uh, it was definitely bad. Um, and then Scott Newstetter, who I didn't really know, I, I felt even worse about not knowing who he was. Uh, he wrote the disaster artist. Uh, did he for- really? Yeah, for Dave and James Franco. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, which is a tremendous movie. Uh, he also wrote uh, The Spectacular Now, uh, starring Miles Teller, uh, the movie that came out just before Whiplash, which we're doing next week. Uh, he wrote that movie as well. Wait, I thought we were uh, doing The Amazing Spider-Man 2 next week. <laughs> no. I thought we, we were, were doing all of the same Raimi Spider-Mans next week, actually. 
<laughs> he also wrote uh uh, he also wrote a uh, TV show uh, called Friends with Benefits, uh, The Fault in Our Stars, Paper Towns. Uh, and so he actually, it seems like, does a lot of like uh, uh, quirky, uh, quirky romantic-ish dramas. Is oh, you kind forgot of what his he, biggest one, Pink Panther 2. He also wrote Pink Panther 2. I was, I was leaving that out. <laughs> uh, because I didn't, you know, everyone has a miss, and I didn't want to besmirch Scott Neustetter's uh, glowing mm. otherwise. Are you trying Reputation? to say that yeah. the sequel to the reboot of the Pink Panther movie was not amazing? <laughs> what did uh, Pink Panther 2 get in... Uh, IMDb and uh, Rotten Potatoes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Pink Panther 2, uh, starring Steve Martin, uh, got a 5.6 on IMDb. Oh, wow. That's better than I would have thought. Yeah, 5.6. I'm not sure on Rotten Potatoes. IMDb doesn't give very low ratings to things that might deserve it, I feel like. You know, like 5.6 seems a little high for Pink Panther 2. (laughs) But that was also Scott Neustetter, so you can can blame him for... uh, for you know that happening uh-huh. but i won't blame him for 500 days of summer which i thought was fantastic i'm gonna hold That's him personally responsible for my bad time <laughs> jake would you have enjoyed it more if it wasn't zoe deschanel um i might have but probably not much would you have enjoyed okay. it more if it was the pink panther 2 yeah actually <laughs> i i might have <laughs> So, uh, 500 Days of Summer was released January 17th in 2009. So the year, uh, the year after you and I graduated Uh and I actually saw it in theaters that year. Uh, I was one of apparently a a good amount of people. It did $60 million in the box office on a $7.5 million budget. The other guys gave this an 85%. IMDb has this at a 7.7%. And it was nominated for a couple of Golden Globes, but uh, was not nominated that year for any Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. So, Scott, why did you, other than just to tick Jake off, why did you pick this movie? Yeah. um, One, I like uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt, and I was kind of in the mood to... No, Jason. It's his younger (laughs) brother. I don't think you like him that much. A lot of people get them confused. Maybe a little. Bit. A lot of people get him confused, but it's all right, Jake. You you can get beyond this. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I like him. Uh, I also kind of like Zoe Deschanel. I've been watching New Girl um, a little bit, and uh, a little bit. I've watched it through like three or four times. <laughs> it's <laughs> not just, uh, like in my entire life. I have. It's just what's on every Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday morning in my underwear. <laughs> Oh, sitting with my dad. Yeah, who doesn't watch <laughs> New Girl with, with your dad growing yeah. up? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, actually, last time I watched it, I wasn't a huge fan. I thought it kind of ended on like a like a bummer kind of a note. I feel like they uh, But I wanted to give it another chance. Think. Yeah, they, they did. I just didn't like it. no i think the first time you watched it you were a little surprised that it was going to end unhappily yeah well i mean it's it is kind of unhappily if you're looking at it from wanting those two people to be together yeah but i think it ended probably in a better state than it was yeah yeah i agree yeah so i I was giving another chance as well this is only my second time ever watching it well zach you had seen this before I've seen this movie many times. I adore this movie. Um, This was like a top five movie for me for a long time um, back in high school. In fact, the first day I watched this movie, uh, I watched it like earlier in the day for some reason. And then later that day, I was like, I think I'm going to watch it again. And I watched it twice in one day. That's just how much I love this movie. Um, Was it a Saturday? No. (laughs) Nope. Were you in in your underwear on the couch? Were you in your underwear with Scott's dad? No. <laughs> Everyone you just know, strangely it enough, yeah, it's weird that you mention it. Dave was there. <laughs> he kept talking about how he wanted to put on Armageddon. And we're like, Dave, we're watching 500 Days of Summer. He's like, yeah, but it's on TBS. <laughs> this is on right now. <laughs> we have the DVD of 500 Days of Summer. We can watch that anytime. <laughs> Armageddon's on. <laughs> You can watch it with uh, breaks. 
Yeah, but I I love this movie. Um, I thought it was cool to see. Uh, I guess you could consider this like a romantic comedy, but like a romantic comedy kind of from the guy's point of view. Um, also, I think I just saw myself and Tom a lot, and that's not necessarily a good thing, but I definitely was that like hopeless romantic kind of high school boy who uh, would kind of get things going with a girl and instantly would, well, I don't want to say instantly, but maybe instantly, would just start like, thinking that our relationship was a lot more than it actually was. And so I felt seen when I when I watched this movie. And I just think it's a really creative, like really well done, but easy to watch movie. And I do love the twist. Like uh, I, I like how it didn't kind of end in that cliche, they end up together. I really thought that was refreshing to see. Uh, I love the soundtrack. This movie has such a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah best one of the best it's like this and garden state are the two best soundtracked movies yeah yeah i uh i actually think that i just like memento i think i saw this because of you i i don't think we watched it together i think you told me though that you really liked this movie and i hadn't seen it and so i watched it and then very shortly after uh showed it to scott um and uh, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, the soundtrack plays a huge part in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, also known as Jason Gordon-Levitt, uh, mm-hmm. plays a huge part in my love for it. Uh, I'm a massive JGL fan. Uh, I try and Luckily, see they have the same initials, so when you say it, it counts right, for both. Right, yeah. Uh, thankfully, uh, I don't know why I said thankfully. I, uh, I, I try and see just about every movie that he makes. Uh, so I, I love this movie. I think it's one of the best, uh, like rom-coms ever. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, Zach. It's one of the very few that really is from the perspective of the guy. Yeah. Uh, the notebook I would say is also kind of from the guy's perspective. It is, yeah. but it's not a rom-com. No, it's just a rom. <laughs> it's just a, it's just, just a got rom. the rom part. It's a rom drum. I mean, it was funny when she almost picked the other guy. I was like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jake, you were our late bloomer. What did you think about this movie? I I did not like it. I had a pretty bad time. <laughs> I can't stand <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. Um, I know everybody loved it, so I can't stand Zoe Deschanel. She really bugs me. I like. JGL, uh, I'm I for one am thankful that you try to see every movie that he makes, Tyler. Uh, but I thought they were both insufferable. <laughs> and Why? the biggest bummer about this movie for me was that they both ended up moving on and being happy. Uh, <laughs> you wanted them to be miserable. Yeah, with each other? I wanted them to be miserable with each other or miserable apart. Uh, one of those, Why? probably because I they were just so whiny. I was so sick of everything about them. Uh, I did not like this movie. Hmm. I did like the soundtrack, though. <laughs> and I didn't think it was a bad movie. Yep. I just hated it. What's not to like about Temper Trap, Sweet Disposition, you know? I feel uh, like a lot of times you you have these personal, like, vendettas against actors that really, like, this happened to you with Social Network, too. Wait, who do I not like in the Social Network? You Well, you just don't like not Mark, actor, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> But that's not an actor so in you the movie. Didn't like that was just movie. me not liking Mark Zuckerberg. I know, but you didn't like it because you don't like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. But the movie was about Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is there. I don't like I don't like Zuck. I have to watch two hours of a movie about Zuck. You why know? why do you not like Zoe De Chanel? She just bugs me. She rubs me the wrong way in everything that I've ever seen her in. Even Elf, which she's the I most tolerable in. What? Hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh you. no, go for it. Did you? Okay, I was gonna say, are we allowed to do documentaries for this? Sure. Or is it like just? Are you gonna like make movies? me watch a documentary about Zoe Deschanel? <laughs> no. I, I would say uh, let's uh, let's have let's dedicate like a month to, to documentaries. I feel like yeah, yeah, that that sounds fun. I feel like there's a lot less documentaries that you absolutely should have seen. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there, I can name quite a few. Sure, but. All I'm saying is there's a lot less than movies. Oh, sure. Yeah. And if we were looking for people who are going to enjoy these podcasts, it might be a little bit harder of a market. It's actually just going to be hard for me to pick one. Mm. 
Well, I don't think I've seen any of them. So I'm going with deer. <laughs> any documentaries <laughs> ever? <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, Scott, I'd love for you to uh, try and take a crack yeah. at uh, doing a plot by plot of this. See, I'm gonna do it, but it's gonna be pretty quick. Oh, that's fine. Um. So we have uh, Joseph, not Jason. <laughs> Tom. We have Tom. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's his real name, though. <laughs> he. <laughs> His real name in the movie is Joseph. <laughs> yes. Okay. A lot of people don't know this, but he actually goes by a pseudonym the whole time. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Time. Maybe I wasn't paying yeah. as well, good attention. Well, actually, I'm going to stop you uh, because uh, Zach found something pretty funny uh, about the opening of the movie, which you and I had both forgotten about. Uh, so the movie opens with just text on a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says something to the effect of uh, this movie is not based on is fictitious and not based on any uh, real persons living or dead. Uh, any similarities are purely coincidence, especially you, Jenny something. Jenny Beckman. And then it says like, F you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a solid start. It was a really good start, and mm. I'd completely forgotten it. Yeah, I was, my, I was actually exact- hopeful when I saw that because like, that's kind of funny. And then, yeah. I, and then Zoe Zayshanel stepped on screen. I was like, "All right, I'm out." Oh, Maybe I checked out too early. But <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. this is gonna be frustrating for me. Good. Uh, <laughs> as as I was doing some research, it turns out that that chick Jenny Beckman um, is a real person who Scott Newstetter based Summer off of, and according to him, seventy five percent of the film is taken from his relationship with Jenny and actually happened to them. Uh, but funny enough, Jenny later watched this movie and reached out to Scott and told him that she loved the movie so much and how much she saw herself in Tom and <laughs> didn't at all connect the dots that she's actually Summer. She doesn't remember <laughs> like reading her name at the beginning of the movie, though. <laughs> but they put that in no, afterwards because does. of her. I think she does, and, and she's thinking that she's Tom in the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you got to be. That's on Jenny. You got to be pretty dense to to miss miss that. But apparently, that's what <laughs> happened. It's kind of funny uh, when uh, we were reading that. Uh, I told Scott, I was like, "That sounds like something that would happen to you." <laughs> like, like based on some yeah. of your romantic history, uh-huh. maybe that's why you hated the movie initially. It so could much. be. It could be. <laughs> it was too real. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny how... Sorry, if that was a little too outing for me no, to say... Okay. No, that's cool. <laughs> it's funny how many people really did kind of just miss the like purpose of this movie when it was trying to be made. Because apparently there was like multiple actresses who read the script and were really interested in it, but they wanted to reverse the characters. They wanted to make Tom's character the female and then Zoe's the male, really kind of just showing that they just really did not understand the movie. And it wasn't until they uh, started having conversations with joseph gordon levitt that he suggested zoe because apparently they were in a movie together i don't remember what it was called but they were in a movie together um and then it just kind of turned out to be a perfect fit yeah they were in a movie together i i I can't i'm blanking on what it was but i remember they sang together i i don't think i've ever seen a movie with uh joseph singing in it Really? Does he, does he have a good voice? He has a very good voice. Yeah, you didn't watch the karaoke scene. Mm, no, mm. I don't know what that is. Of this movie? Well, if <laughs> this did you watch it? Of this movie? <laughs> oh, the karaoke scene from this movie. I thought you said there was like a movie called Karaoke Scene. And I was like, I've never heard of that. Uh, in any case, uh, you should definitely go look up. Uh, there are some. Uh, there are some really fun videos out there of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Zoe Deschanel singing together. It's really mm. adorable. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, you were back now back to the plot. Yeah. yeah. So uh, movie opens. We're introduced to Tom, who is we find out uh, graduated as with a degree in architecture. Yeah. And he. Uh, kind of gave that up and started writing greeting cards or different types of cards. And so uh, he just works at an office writing, writing cards and he's not happy at all with what he's doing. And uh, this 
he also has a sketchbook where he often is like drawing and he, so he's still dreaming in the architecture world and like has these dreams and ambitions, but he just doesn't, I think believe in himself enough or, um, is afraid to share it with other people. And then we're introduced to a new character. Well, I guess they're all going to be new characters at this point, but we're introduced to a character, uh, Zoe's character. I don't remember her name. Summer. It's in the name of the Summer. movie. Oh, it's in the name of the movie. That's right. Did you watch it? Why did you make I me did. watch I it? I promised I watched it. I, <laughs> I watched it, honestly, though, like a month ago. That's a big piece uh, to forget. <laughs> the title. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's about her? I get it now. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> I missed that, actually. Maybe I liked it a little better. um and so yeah tom is just obsessed with summer as soon as she walks in hit the room the first time he sees her he starts romanticizing about her and really builds up a a false picture of this like relationship with her in his head and eventually they do go out and eventually well there's just all kinds of red flags throughout the entire thing and he neglects to um even really address them or admit that they're there. Well, he until oh, I was gonna say he builds up a relationship in his head with her before he's ever even really talked to her. Like even before like they they're talking, he's like, "Oh my gosh, she's sleeping with someone else because she didn't want to talk to me about her weekend, or her, she said her weekend was too good." Right. And like, yeah. how dare she do that to me? Like right. off yeah. the bat, just like ugh. But anyways. Yeah, we can see that he's obviously a unhealthy, unhealthy, he, hopeless romantic. He's a chronic overthinker. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he does experience a lot of these red flags, but neglects to paint them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Neglects to see them for what they he really are. He doesn't really realize what they are until later in the movie. Yeah. And because uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also important to note that this whole movie kind of jumps back and forth, it's not linear. Right, nonlinear plot structure. Yeah. Uh, so we start off, I think we start off with day one, and then we immediately go to day... No, we start off with day 500. Well, we start off with day and like... And we immediately... Is that 290 or whatever, the breakup day? Oh, okay, yeah. No, I think yeah. we do start with day 500. It, like, it shows yeah. them on the bench, and then... Oh, we do? It shows yeah. them on the bench. It shows them just sitting, no talking yet. Oh. No talking, and you see her put her hand on top of his, and she's wearing a wedding yes. ring. Mm-hmm. And so you're just led to assume that mm-hmm. at day 500, they're married. Yep. And then and then it jumps to day one, and then it jumps to, like, day yeah, 290. Like countdown type yeah, of thing. and then it jumps to, like, day 290 when they break up. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they, they do fool us, though, from the get-go. You, you draw the conclusion that they're going to end up together. Mm-hmm. Even though they warn you that it's not a love story and it's not going to work out. Right. But you're like, but it is, though, right? But, I mean, it's I mean, definitely a love story. For sure, it's going to happen. I mean, gonna how is out. this going to be a good movie if that's not what happens? Right. I mean, you know. Uh, but the, the, they don't. They don't work out. Nope. And uh, she breaks his precious little heart. Mm-hmm. But it uh, inspires him to uh, get back out there. He quits and that's his the movie. job. Yeah, wow, we got to the end really quick. <laughs> well, how I, do you guys I rate this like, movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I feel like uh, with this movie, I think we learned from Memento that when we do uh, nonlinear plot structured movies. It's best for us to just kind of get the the basic the plot out of the plot. way, yeah. yeah. And then we can talk. We could spend more time in our favorite parts and favorite. Mm-hmm. Parts. I just feel like there's more basic plot uh, than beginning and end. <laughs> yeah, like what? Well, there's middle. Chime in. Yeah, there's middle. Chime like in. like they they meet, they go to karaoke. You know, he talks to his little <laughs> sister as his relationship coach. <laughs> like, I don't think any of those are plot I points. Think, you know what? Who knows? <laughs> I think this is I think this is stand by me all over again. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're just telling the whole movie. <laughs> mm. All right. Uh and so the uh she she breaks his heart and he ends up quitting his greeting card job and decides to give it a go again. Uh, to be an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the midst of that depression, it, it really kind of comes to a head for him when he finds out that 
just very shortly after they were together. And and one of the big sort of through lines is that Summer doesn't like labels. Summer doesn't mm-hmm. want to be someone's girlfriend. Summer doesn't really like commitment. And she doesn't believe in love. Mm-hmm. And yet months after he breaks up with her, or she breaks up with him, I'm sorry, she's engaged. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, it came so out to like just six months afterwards. Right. And so he's super depressed, but that depression, out, out of that depression, he decides that, you know, his life can't be about summer. It can't be about a girl. And he needs to, you know, give architecture a go again. And as he is doing that and getting his life back on track and kind of getting his priorities right, we get to the end of the movie where he has a little bit of resolve with Summer on his way to a job interview for architecture. And there he meets Autumn. Autumn. A little heavy-handed on that one. But uh, <laughs> you know what? You know, okay, let's not forget that this is a romantic comedy. Like, romantic comedies are yeah. never subtle. They're yeah. all, they're all cute and they're all fun and like, th- I mean this is probably one of the least fun romantic comedies, but it's still a romantic <laughs> comedy. You know, I like that. It's very s- serendipitous. It is very serendipitous. And there's moments where it's it is a little like there's surreal moments where we see Tom in the midst of like a musical, uh, you know, and and there's like little <laughs> cartoon birds or. Uh, we see his two different realities play out. And so, and there's even a fan theory. That was a very cool, unique scene. Oh, that's my favorite part of the movie. Mine too. And I, we will, I definitely want to talk about it. Um, but there's, I, I would say that there's enough in this movie that we could make a case that like, not everything that happens. I mean, obviously like with a few stuff that happens that we see doesn't actually happen in the story. But you could almost make a case that, like, maybe this chick's name isn't actually Autumn. In fact, there's there's a fan theory that the final conversation between Tom and Summer actually all happens in Tom's head. And uh, even Joseph Gordon-Levitz himself has said that he kind of believes that that was more um, Tom kind of working out that that process and coming to terms with everything that happened rather than a literal conversation with them. And so I kind of took that to be a little bit more symbolic. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, that was, <laughs> I'm that finished. was thrown off to me. <laughs> that was finished and talking. That was all directed well, to you. Yeah, and all right. <laughs> it was kind of yeah, cool, too. Zach, other, like, I thought you made great points, Zach. That was a very well-structured, well I was, well I was more thinking about how Harrison Ford wasn't really in that car when he looked in the mirror. <laughs> Um, the, the entire time what? I was talking, that's what you were working <laughs> yeah, out. <laughs> pretty much. I stopped. I was like, he didn't really see Han Solo in the mirror when he looked in it. Uh, and that was I that. love that part. I liked it. Too. One of I the, really one of the, like that scene. One of the cool things that, um, that they did with this movie was, uh, the color red is like never seen in this movie, but the color blue is in it all the time. And summer's always wearing blue. And they did that to like bring out, her eye color, I think, but, um, she's always wearing something blue. Blue is seen throughout the movie all the time. And then at the very end, autumn is wearing red. And then we also to see bring out her eye color of red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A demon. And her horns. <laughs> yeah. So Tom's her name wasn't actually autumn. It was she. <laughs> Tom's life goes from bad to worse. <laughs> he did not learn a lesson. It's weird how they set up that sequel <laughs> that they never like really got around to, but uh, 500 days of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk about some of our favorite, like sort of parts and points in the movie. Uh, Zach, you brought up, uh, one in particular that, that Scott and I both agree that we just loved, um, the, the realization of, Fantasy versus reality. Yeah. It's one of the coolest, I think one of the most creative things I've seen in any movie. And I I really don't know if it's been done before. I wouldn't be surprised if it has. Um, But it was the first time I ever saw anything like that. And uh, it's, it's in the part of the story where Tom and Summer have already broken up, but Tom is obviously not over Summer. And they uh, they run into each other at a wedding of one of their coworkers, who's now one of Summer's ex-coworkers because she's left the greeting card company at this point. 
And so they kind of like have fun at this wedding. Um, they're just spending time together. And Summer very casually invites Tom to this rooftop party that she's having at her apartment. And Tom, being the overly romantic person that he is, thinks that this is a chance for him to get back into Summer's life. And so we see him walking to this apartment and then we see the screen split into two different screens and under one screen it says expectations and under the other one it says reality and we see the same scene play out of him walking up the stairs up to get to her apartment and her opening the door and then from that point on things kind of start to differentiate and we see that Tom clearly had these expectations of what was going to happen with little subtle details all the way down to People greeting him when he walked into the apartment to reality, no one greeting him. Um, But then him giving her this book and her being so appreciative of it, uh, her showing him off to everyone who's there, and then it leads to them kissing, where in reality, she's mingling with everyone else. He's not really, uh, like, she's not paying that much attention to him. And then in the reality, it ends with Tom looking over and seeing her showing off her wedding ring to someone, and then the two screens merge And uh, this is when we find out that she's engaged to someone else. And so then Tom runs out of the building. And this is when Tom is like at his lowest point. It's a really fun uh, or I guess funny bit that follows afterwards. It goes to like day (laughs) 291 and it shows him just hit his alarm clock. And then it just goes day 292. And again, him just hitting his alarm clock like he's just spending every day in bed. And and then it's like day 100. Day 293 through day 297. There's one point that says, like, day 292 and a half. And it shows him, like, 2 (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon walking down to this liquor store in his bathrobe. And he just gets, like, a (laughs) bottle of Jack Daniels and puts it on the the counter. But uh, that scene with reality and expectations is... I I get chills every time I watch it. I love it. And the music that's played behind it is so great as well. Mm-hmm. What about you, Scott? Any beyond that? Any other like moments or or uh, yeah sequences you really like? Not necessarily like ne- like shots, but I thought it was interesting. Um, like just yeah, looking at his at Tom's character and Summer's character, and like seeing the red flags, and just like kind of like watching him like um like make excuses for them throughout yeah. the movie yeah it's very believable um and like i think you were right on like i think that is something that has like happened with me a lot in past uh relationships with people and so it's been uh something that i was like oh yeah totally and it's nice to be on like this side of those relationships right yeah not in the midst of them yeah so it's it's i think easier to identify for me but yeah yeah, I love at the very end, um, he kind of goes, well, not the very end, but toward the end, uh, he kind of goes through this uh, montage. Of all the red flags. Of yeah. all the red flags and really finally like seeing sort of the other side because we don't really see that side of them in the moment. Yeah, well, there's a lot of shots where it's looking at him, and yeah. now it's some different shots where it's like seeing her and seeing them too, her and like seeing like her facial reactions to yeah. things. And yeah, really, really cool storytelling. There's a uh, a really cool bit too. Uh, I think it's so interesting to see the movies that had an impact on this movie, and one obviously being The Graduate, because oh yeah, Tom himself uh, is a huge fan of this movie, The Graduate, and they go to see this movie. And if you haven't seen The Graduate, one of the themes of it is kind of rushing into relationships without really knowing who you're getting into a relationship with, and. Uh, Tom and Summer go to watch this movie in the theater. It's it's playing in a theater that plays old movies. And Summer is crying throughout the entire movie. Um, and any scene that takes place after this bit, Summer's demeanor with Tom is very much changed. And I kind of take that as like, this is the movie that kind of woke her up into like, what am I doing in this relationship? Is this who I want to be with? Well, and, and yeah, woke her up to who Tom is. That, like, this is one of his favorite movies, and this is what he's kind of looking for and expecting. Like, it was a window for her into his. That's head. a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. And so now she's like. She was crying out of fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, oh my gosh, no, this is not what I want, you know? 
Uh, also, he doesn't like uh, Ringo Starr, and I, that seems like a really big um, deal to her. Yeah, <laughs> which I I can't ever imagine any musician like a future partner not liking them. That that's going to be a deal breaker for me. <laughs> but it is for her. <laughs> She's kind of weird. And then later on, he, he like finds a uh, Ringo Starr uh, album. Yeah, and like shows it to her, and she like rolls her eyes at him. Yeah, yeah. And that was right before they went to the diner to break up. Yeah, right before the clip that we just listened to. The uh-huh. the you, th- you I'm we have arguments. I hardly think I'm Sid Vicious. <laughs> no. I'm Sid Vicious. <laughs> <laughs> I love how just the very beginning of the movie, the first glimpse you see of Tom, he's just breaking plates. Breaking plates. Like you just <laughs> so detached from the situation just smashing plate after plate. I do love, since you brought that part up uh, as well, I love the relationship that Tom has with his little sister. That was maybe my favorite part. His, Me too. Their relationship. Yeah. Why did you like that, Jake? No, it just, I don't have a lot of words. I just, I always, I enjoyed her, I think. So anytime her or his friends, I liked his friends too. I ordered it, Paul and yeah. other guy. The other, the other guy, yeah. The Paul card and, company. And, um, really, all that we care about is the the intern from Steve Zissou. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Who is he in this movie? Paul. He's the friend. Oh, the, the, the dude. He's Paul. The, uh, the NCIS or whatever Criminal Minds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember talking about that in that episode. Now, uh, <laughs> Jake um, did. Yeah. Uh, oh, did sorry. did Molly kind of help you out with your relationship troubles growing up? Uh, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have many relationship troubles. I didn't have a lot of relationships, so Oof. there wasn't there wasn't a lot to talk about there. But no, I think may, maybe part of the reason I didn't I liked them so much was because it was a reprieve from the people that I really didn't like, and they they were enjoyable and likable. <laughs> like, you know, like I thought they were likable people, and so like having them there, it, it was his nice. alcoholic friend was more enjoyable than Tom. Yeah, he got drunk at karaoke a couple times. I hardly think that makes him an alcoholic, right? He says that they're not going to let you back because he always gets drunk. All right. (laughs) I think it was more than a couple of times. Well, I thought he was more likable than Tom. Hmm. But yeah, no, I love their relationship too. And Chloe Chloe Grace Moretz is uh, just very, um, like she's, she's truly great. Uh, one of the one of the couple of really great child actors. I actually uh, Scott had to correct me uh, because at first I I had just thought in my head that it was Abigail Breslin, mm. the little girl from Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. she's good too. And he was like, "No, that's Chloe Moretz or whatever." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But I I really like her a lot. She was she is still a good actor, but man, she was a stunning childhood actor. I don't think I've seen her in anything not as a child. I think uh, she was in uh, the most recent. Um, she had a little bit in the most recent uh, season of True Detective. I oh, think. I've never watched an episode of True Detective. Gotcha. I probably should. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Uh, she She's was, in Neighbors too. She was in Neighbors too. I really liked her in that a lot. I mean, kind of whatever, but I liked her. She was uh, the the prostitute in uh, the Equalizer, the Denzel Washington movie. Oh, she's yeah. a prostitute. Yeah. Wow. She's she in real life. <laughs> I didn't realize in that she movie. got that old. In the, the equalizer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. She was hot girl in Kick Ass, but I mean, she was a little girl for that. So. I haven't seen seen Kick Ass. I really. Yeah. Now that you oh. mention it, she was a hot girl in that movie. Oh. <laughs> 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 Are you ready to edit a little bit, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in so make me look better in this episode, actually. <laughs> I said what I said. Wait, what year was she born? Oh, man. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Let's see. Let's see what year she was born. Uh, she is... 97. 97. So, so she's the same age. Uh, so no. She was a year no. younger yeah, than me. And Kick-Ass yeah. came she out when I was in high school. <laughs> so... Zach just said a 13-year-old was hot. 
Said I'm going to call said. the police after we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just going to be a podcast said, with me and two of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and one guy that I don't still like not, sitting next to. <laughs> still not your best friends, though? We're getting there. I, I think we're not. We're going in reverse. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we were already there. There's a... Uh, so... Oh, I was going to say real quick, there's a really funny bit of trivia that we found. There's a scene in this movie where uh, Summer talks uh, Tom into playing this game where they're in this park and they have to say penis louder than the other person just did. And so they start saying it and then they get louder and louder and louder. Uh, apparently, any movie that's shown on a plane, you cannot say the word penis. So they had to redub that scene with the word panda instead of penis and so they're in the park screaming the word panda if you happen to watch this movie on a plane which is insane to me because uh i've seen an episode of game of thrones on a plane so i've literally seen a penis (laughs) on a plane maybe this was back in 2009 (laughs) and since then airlines are just kind of like eh whatever yeah, I was going to say, if you can't say <laughs> penis on a plane, I imagine every episode of Game of Thrones on a plane is about three minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Any other, for anybody, any other kind of favorite uh, lines, favorite moments? One of my favorite lines is when, at one point, Tom goes on a date with this other girl, and he's still so mm. hung up on Summer. <laughs> yes. And he, he's, they're just in the diner, the same diner that he broke up with Summer with. <laughs> and he's on this date, and he's just talking about it. And he's like, he's like, she took a giant shit on my face. Literally. Literally. And then the, <laughs> She's like, literally? And then he's like, no, not literally. Jeez, that's disgusting. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love then right after right after that moment, she leaves and he's like, "Good." Or they go to the karaoke bar, and he's like crying, and she gets up and leaves, and he's like, "No, good, great, leave. Mm-hmm. You look nothing like Summer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I good on her for leaving, but I kind of don't respect her for not leaving sooner. I would have walked away as soon as he yeah. brought up summer. I'm like, all right, see ya. Tom was a, he was a hot mess for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zach, uh, I mean, I don't think you need to read the whole quote, but you, uh, you said that you found like a <coughs> quote from JGL talking about. I did. Character. Yeah. He, I'll, I'll try to summarize it, but he basically says that like to a lot of younger people, um, there's this mentality of like, I want you so bad. And that seems attractive. Like that's like a good trait. Um, and he says like anyone who had a crush on his character that was watching this, he encourages to go back and rewatch and examine just how selfish Tom actually is and how he develops this, uh, delusional obsession with summer. Um, and he projects all these fantasies on her and he, like Tom feels like summer is going to give him life or give his life meaning because he doesn't care about anything else that's really going on in his life and how a lot of younger people kind of have this similar mentality in that their life will have meaning when they find that partner who wants nothing else in life but them. And he says, that's not healthy. That's falling in love with the idea of a person, not the actual, I'm sorry, the idea of a person, not the actual person. I think, uh, I think we've all been guilty of that, but I think that that's so, uh, typical of like just the teenage experience mm-hmm. is falling in love with the idea of someone more than yeah. who they really are. They're more in love with the idea of a relationship than they are with uh, a, the person in the relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, that's, that's, I think why I like this movie so much. I think it's a very relatable story. Um, and it, in some ways, I mean, you know, Tom and Summer are both, you know, uh, in their twenties. Uh, but I, I feel like this is a little bit of like a coming of age story. Yeah. It seems like he's still kind of stuck in a very juvenile, like way of thinking about things. And he learns a little bit more about himself, gains a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Grows up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, if this movie were going to be made today, uh, remade today, how would you, uh, recast this? I have two, uh, I have one hot take uh, and then one that I'm still not sure about. 
But when I was watching this, uh, intern number two from, uh, from Paul, <laughs> yes. I, I felt like at one point he had a very Owen Wilson vibe, and uh, I would like to put uh. Owen Wilson in that role. And uh, also yeah. maybe Jason Alexander as his other friend. I think that'd be <laughs> that is really a much older. <laughs> yeah. if he was young, is it them at if that he was age? a young man. Okay, uh, oh, but, okay. like age appropriate, okay. but you know, that's odd. That's weird. Yeah, I, I said they were both <laughs> weird, but uh, that's just what I thought about while I was watching this movie. Although I liked them, I wouldn't. I wasn't like they were my favorite part. So they but, were yeah, really funny. Them. Yeah, they're great. Great characters. I feel. Uh, I. Go ahead. Sorry. I feel like uh, I feel like Allison Brie could play Summer really well. Yeah. And oh, one of the yeah. reasons I say that is there's a whole and it's a really great scene, but there's a whole scene talking about how Summer has this effect on on men where they like like a lot of guys kind of fall head over heels over her and how she like quoted this band's lyric in how the the record labels were so. Uh, they couldn't figure out why this band's album sales had like peaked in this one little section of the country where summer happened to live and how this ice cream shop that she works at um, had the busiest summer of their lives when she worked there. Um, but I feel like Zoe Deschanel isn't that kind of girl. We're like, yeah. I wouldn't see her in like do a double take when I see her. But I feel like Alison Brie could be that kind of person. And I feel like she has the personality that kind of matches that. Uh, I I could see her being the kind of person that like a lot of men would fall in love with more than Zoe Deschanel. I uh, I agree with you, uh, but as soon as you said, uh, as soon as you mentioned that, actually the person I think maybe could even do better at summer is Aubrey Plaza. Oh, she could hmm. do it. Yeah. That's interesting. I do not get like, that I don't, at all. I don't know about that. Cuz I feel like I feel like Summer has a lot of like cold shoulder tendency. Yeah. And uh and the thing that I think really attracts Tom to Summer beyond her initial appearance is her quirkiness, which is I think what uh and maybe mysteriousness, which is I think what made Zoe Deschanel right for the role because she is kind of quirky and is kind of mysterious uh, in some ways. Uh, and But I feel like Aubrey Plaza is just, could fit that bill so easily as just being the like maybe darker version of Summer. You know? Aubrey Plaza just has such an RBF that I feel like Tom wouldn't see her and instantly fall in love with her. Like it would, they'd have to take some time yeah, to get I, to know each other. I feel like that's what uh, Summer was the entire movie. was just nothing but RBF. Oh. I feel like if I was going to recast, I would do uh, Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Justin Long. That's interesting. I could see Justin Long. I don't know why Jennifer Lawrence. Justin Long, the American Dragon? Jake Long. He's uh, (laughs) a... I look really disappointed with you for Wait. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Is he that or Anne Hathaway also came to mind? Uh, I could see Anne Hathaway. I'd Younger Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. like Princess Diaries age Anne mm-hmm. Hathaway. I'd probably cast current day David Schwimmer as Tom. <laughs> <laughs> current day? David Schwimmer as Ross. Yeah. Uh, and then I would do <laughs> that day... Uh, Chloe Moritz. <laughs> Doesn't that happen in Friends? Doesn't he date a minor? She's just a yeah. student. <laughs> but I think she's a yeah. It was just one of his students, but she she was she was eighteen. He's not exactly. as bad. Mm. No, she's twenty one. No, she's not. She can't drink. I remember she turned twenty. Never mind. We're not getting into Friends, but I just watched that episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had like lied about her age. Remember? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> Offline, yeah. We'll All leave right, it we'll for, our, uh, for our friends' podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh, that. Uh, those were there were some hot takes in that recasting. I'm not sure from all of us. I feel like <laughs> what was the? I think Jason Alexander. If he was sitting on the other uh, side the, of the desk from him, did you say that he's Tom? The hottest of takes. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> is he Tom or is he the friend? No, the friend. No, he's the friend. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's just bring the whole cast of Shallow Hal in here. <laughs> Jack Black is Summer. <laughs> yeah, let's reverse it. Let's have Gwyneth Paltrow as the lead, and then uh, Jack Black as the as the second. Oh man! All right. Well, uh, what did you guys think about this movie? Let's start with you, Zach. Um, I give this movie seven point eight Chinese families standing in our bathroom. <laughs> Scott, uh, I will give it. Seven point four smashed dishes. I'm gonna give it a six point seven five. I don't really want to put a label on it. <laughs> and I'm gonna give this uh seven point nine uh buildings that Tom will never architect. Mm. That's a lot more. All right, so this <laughs> this uh this movie came out to a seventy five percent on Rotten Potatoes. Uh, Just a reminder, the other guys gave this an 85%. IMDb gave this a 7.7. So once again, we're right in line with uh, IMDb, which is really why we decided to create this podcast, because we were convinced that the other guys are just wrong most of the time. But IMDb is right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so this movie is just as good as The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. (laughs) Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. How does that exactly. make you feel, Jake? Right. Right. I agree. <laughs> I would, I personally, would say it's better. <laughs> the world would probably disagree. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The world's a big place. 90% Metacritic. <laughs> so what you're saying is critics would disagree. Metacritic does user score, right? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what any of these other people do. I just know what we do and that it's vastly superior yeah, to what anyone else does. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure to join us next week where we're going to be covering my movie, Whiplash. Uh, Zach, do you have any final thoughts for us? I think actually I could chime in. Oh, yeah. What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you have for our tots? Well...